You're listening to Stocks for Docs, a podcast to educate healthcare professionals to build wealth through value investing in the stock market. I'm your host, Dr. Vivetta Lobo. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Stocks for Docs. I am your host, Dr. Vivetta Lobo, and it's such a pleasure to be back on the mic speaking to you all. Um, I took a little hiatus for about a month, if you've noticed. Um, I had a couple of reruns the last month, and I promise you I wasn't slacking off. Um, I actually had my third child. Um, That's right, my husband, I, and my two girls welcomed our third baby, our son, um, Zane uh, Lobo, into our family. And uh, he's about a month old now and doing really well. So that's what I was busy doing. Uh, but I am excited to be back on the mic and uh, thinking of something other than diapers and uh, nursing and babies, um, even though I do do enjoy all of that uh, very much. Uh, it was nice to take some time to bond with him, and um, I continue to have time off from work. Um, so uh, I will be home, and uh, but I'm excited to be back on the mic recording and uh, um, getting back on the podcast. So... Thanks again for joining us. I hope you've all been well this past month. Um, it is October here. Uh, it's just turning a little cooler for us up in uh, Northern California. The uh, fall is what probably one of the, uh, the prettiest seasons. We don't really get much of a fall coming from the East Coast, uh, at least. Uh, but I do enjoy the, the crisp weather and the, you know, the sweaters come out. Um, so I hope everyone's staying warm, staying healthy. Um, but today we're going to um, do another stock dissection. And so we're going to talk to talk about another company. And this one's actually um, kind of a different company than what I probably talked about in the past or uh, when I talk about uh, examples of companies. Um, and this is um, Innoviva. Uh, the sticker or the ticker name for a stock is INVA. And the reason it's different is one, it's... Um, it's under the healthcare sector, and two, it's um, it's industries under the biotech industry. But it kind of comes with a, a twist. Uh, it's a very small company compared to a lot of the ones we've highlighted here. I think listed only has five employees. That's right, just five. Um, it has um, a cheaper stock price if you want it to buy many shares today. Its stock price is sixteen dollars and sixty nine cents, so pretty affordable. Um, and I, what I like about it is kind of its um, its position and its uh, strategy on, on how it uh, works. So first, when I heard about it, I thought, oh, it's a pharmaceutical company. You know, it probably makes a couple of drugs or it's a small biotech healthcare company. So a lot of these companies will make a couple of drugs, sort of focus on them and put all their eggs in a basket. And um, that's sort of how it they operate. But this one was a little different. So not only does it not develop drugs... What it actually does is it will pick and choose drugs from bigger companies that it likes or thinks it has a you know a good market, uh, and it will basically strategically sell them for that bigger company, and then it splits the profits, which is sort of a genius idea. And the reason the bigger companies want to do it is because they just because they're such a big company and they probably you know have multiple multiple amount of drugs that they're making, um, they just for them to move the needle on on a sale um, on a, for any one particular drug is is much harder because um, uh, they have a lot of competing priorities, and so these company or this company will then select 
um, a company that is making a drug that it understands its market value really well and it, it understands its customers and its market niche and will really just make a business in marketing and selling to them. So they have done this very successfully. Um, GlaxoSmithKline is who they partner with and there's four drugs, that's it, just four drugs that they market currently um, for them. And they have done really well doing this. Uh, actually, in the last year, they were up something like, I want to say 60%, if I remember correctly, uh, off their pricing, off their share price. And so definitely a good company in the, doing well in the past year. Um, and, you know, people are a little skeptical of the biotech industry in general because it's sort of underperformed if you compare it to, say, tech stocks or something in the past couple years while tech stocks had a good run, but we're definitely seeing that tech stocks are leveling off right now. Uh, and there's a lot of buzz that maybe biotech is going to take off. And so, um, you know, if this is an area of interest to you, which, you know, being in healthcare, you sort of have a natural interest or at least an understanding about it, uh, you know, why don't you take a look? And I can tell you why I got into this particular company. And it's a very simple reason, kind of like why I get into a lot of my stocks is because I use it. Um, so I, about, about a year, probably two years ago now, I started using Brio. So Brio is an inhaled um, steroid um, that I use. Uh, so I have bad seasonal allergies that sometimes will trigger asthma. Uh, and sort of, really, you know, and I've sort of waxed and waned as far as how well I've taken care of myself. I know physicians and healthcare professionals in general, I think, make the worst patients. But I definitely was no different and sort of didn't treat my my allergies as well as I probably should have. And so finally, finally, um, I went to see an allergist and, you know, a pulmonologist and kind of got on Brio, which is a daily therapy. So I take it once a day at night. And I was just amazed at how well it worked for me. Um, you know, all of my symptoms went away. I could breathe better. Um, I was never wheezing. It didn't matter if I walked into a room with air conditioning because it's usually what triggered my allergies. Um, or if I, you know, sat in a dusty room or anything like that. Um, I was not wheezy. I was not um, having any trouble with my breathing, uh, which was great. So, then, of course, I looked at the packaging and tried to figure out, well, who makes it and, you know, where does it come from? And that's how I actually discovered Innoviva. So, you know, like a lot of other uh, products that you might use, there might be something that you're interested in just because you use it. And it's a great place to start as to try to find sort of gems and smaller companies maybe out there that uh, are doing really well. Remember, you don't have to, or all your portfolio doesn't have to be the massive, really um, popular companies, right? You want to find those smaller companies. And then I actually didn't even tell you the biggest reason why I picked them for today's discussion. And that is because it is currently undervalued. And what I mean by that is that it is priced lower. Its stock price at $16 and change today is lower than what it's worth as a company. So when you do its intrinsic value, its intrinsic values are like much, much higher. And so even with a margin of safety price, which is 50% off your intrinsic value, you're still, the sticker price or the, excuse me, the stock price is still lower at $16. And so it is a great time to buy this stock because it has the solid financial backings um, if you agree with the company and its motto and everything else fits. Uh, because quite often, if you've done this for a while, you realize that, well, the motto fits and the, you know, my circle of competence and my moat and my management all work out fine. But 
when you get to the price, you realize it's just so overpriced right now that you're going to be waiting probably you know a long time before something were to happen or you need to wait for that event to happen in order for that price to come down. Well, I can tell you this price is priced right today. And so if it is something that you, after doing your own research, discover that it's something that you want to invest in or learn more about, it is a good time um, to consider purchasing it. Um, so... Going back to some of the company profiles, um, it is a small company, so a small cap. Um, it doesn't have, uh, like I said earlier, it's only five employees, um, but it does have an A plus rating, so it's definitely, like I said, a solid company on many fronts in that sense. Um, so, going through our steps again about when we discover a company and doing our research on it. So, we're going to start with Circle of Competence, which I touched upon a little bit already. So circle of competence, um, like I said, it is something that I know just because I use it. Uh, clearly the industry in the sector being healthcare and biotech is something that I'm a little bit more familiar with and I understand given my background. Um, and um, it's something that I have an inherent interest in as well. And so I thought that, okay, this is definitely something that I could read about, I want to learn about. Um, and I can um, get behind and I can continue to read and be interested in. And so I think for all of those reasons, it um, definitely fits my circle of competence or fits within my circle of competence. Um, the next thing you want to think about is moat. And we've talked a little bit about moat, but remember moat is basically what is that dur durable advantage that it has? over its competitors, over the other companies that are similar to it. Um, so I think there's two things. One, um, which is basically that it's a very unique strategic company, right? What it does is, is, is sort of different than what most other people do. I think it has an advantage because it sort of gets the opportunity to pick and choose the market that it wants to sell to, and it does a lot of research beforehand. I mean, if you look at their products, they clearly have a moat um, or have an interest in uh, respiratory drugs, uh, long-term steroids, corticosteroid, inhaled steroids, which given the pandemic um, and all the respiratory disease and lung disease that we are seeing uh, is probably not a bad space to be in. I think uh, the pandemic, like everything else, um, has affected so many aspects of our lives um, and I think pharmaceutical companies, drug uh, research and development, innovation, um, to some extent was driven by the pandemic because there was now an imminent need uh, to create certain drugs and solutions um, that we didn't require or have in the past under lots of restrictions, right? And with a quicker time frame. So, you know, it's pretty impressive what can get through when you need it to get through right away. Um, and so I think in, for all of those reasons, I think its moat is pretty steel clad. I think it has a really good moat. Uh, it's a strong company. Um, you know, I don't typically talk about EPS growth, but it, it does fall under moat as far as an objective. And so if you do look at numbers, it's EPS growth has been like 18% or something close to that in the past 10 years. Um, and so overall, it's, you know, a, definitely a solid company. It's been able to keep its footing, maintain its space within its sector. Um, next, we talk about management. So with management, uh, we talk about the people. Uh, 
Uh, now, like I mentioned, it's a small company. I think it only has five listed employees, which is a pretty small number. It has a CEO um, who is about my age, actually, when I looked him up. He was born the same year as I. That's how I remember it. Um, and he has recently become the CEO, I think, just about a year ago. Um, there's not a ton about him, so I couldn't really find a lot about him. His name is um, Rayfield, I believe is his last name. Um, and then they have a board, and I think the board really acts uh, probably um, more because it's such a small company and has more of an input. But they have, um, I believe, six people on their board, um, and the CEO is actually not on their board, which I thought was interesting. Uh, three out of the six are MDs, they're physicians. Um, so I do like that they have medical or healthcare people on their board. Um, one of them is a researcher. The one was an internal medicine physician at Yale. Um, so definitely people with experience, you know, clearly given what it does with it, which is a drug company or a sales drug company, um, being a researcher or pharmaceutical researcher is important. Uh, and then it has um, a chairperson um, who has a pharmaceutical background. So I think it has a good mix of people as far as talents, experience. Um, it has, uh, I believe, three women uh, on the board, which I liked um, for a small company. That's pretty awesome. So overall, no real red flags uh, on the board that I could pick up, at least with the information that's given. Again, with smaller companies, sometimes it's a little hard to, to find a ton of information about the folks that are on there. Um, they just don't get the coverage and the press like some of the other bigger companies. But no red flags is a good thing. Um, and then there are numbers that we can talk about with management, if you remember. So there's ROE, which has, is fantastic in this company. It's 28%. Uh, we want that to be over 15, so 28 is amazing. And that's return on equity, uh, which is a great number to be, 28%. Uh, it's ROIC, though, is actually a negative number. It's negative three, uh, which isn't as great. It's, it's pretty bad, actually. Um, and I was a little confused as to why that is. Now, if you think about what ROIC is, it's basically um, how much money or how much profits do you make off of your invested capital, right? So if you think about it, um, it's basically how well is the company using your money, your shareholder dollars, the invested money that it's getting uh, into making that returns. Um, so... It's grown quite a bit in the past couple of years, but perhaps it can do better in that sense. Uh, another way to think about it just as a concept, I read this recently and I thought, oh, that's actually a really good analogy to understand it, um, is sort of if you think of it as far as fuel in a car. So you know, when you're out shopping for a car, you want to know, okay, if I put in so much gas, how many miles is it going to go, right? That's the fuel efficiency. Well, that's kind of the same thing when you think about ROIC. If I put in so many invested dollars, how much return am I going to get? Um, so, you know, it was, a, it was negative. But remember, these are one single data points, just like in the medical field, right? We don't typically make a diagnosis or treatment or an assessment plan just based on one data point. We get lots and lots of data points. Our history, our physical, our lab tests, our ultrasound, our imaging, whatever, um, and then we come together to make the diagnosis and the treatment plan. And so I think similarly, I don't think you can quite um, discount or quite write it off based on one data point, but it is something to note. 
Um, and then the debt is very good. It's less than two years, which is what we'd like to see. So I think overall, their management is not bad. I would probably keep a close eye on that ROIC to see if it comes up year after year. Um, but that's our assessment or my assessment of their management as a whole. And then last but not least was price. Uh, and we went over this in the beginning, but it's actually priced really well. Um, so if you were to use um, the 10 cap method or um, to figure out its intrinsic value, you would probably come up with a sticker price of about $52, which means that its margin of safety price, which is 50% off the sticker price, is going to land you at about $26. But its stock price as listed today is only $16.69. So this is an undervalued priced company at this moment in time, which is great for us. That's exactly when you as a value investor want to purchase companies. So if you agree or thought that the rest of it, um, the rest of the company, what it does was worth it and something that you are interested in and you can get behind, then I think this isn't a bad company to consider your investment in. Um, so that's sort of my two cents, I guess, if you will, on INVA, Innoviva. It's, um, like I said, a small cap company. It um, is very niche in that it really doesn't, even though it falls under the healthcare and biotech sector, it really is a very special or strategic way of um, operating uh, or what it does as an operations company. And so it truly isn't a drug developing company. It's more of a marketing sales company. But um, it has positioned itself well. It gets to pick and choose what it wants to market. It really has good market knowledge of its customer profile and the market that it goes after. Um, it actually has quite a, a couple more drugs that it's looking at that's actually in the final FDA stages of approval. And I believe per their website, they're looking to expand into other, um, other categories, including infectious diseases, um, which I think is pretty cool and um, much needed as far as drug development goes. So all in all, I, uh, I think it's definitely one that's worth your consideration. Um, and if, like I mentioned, I think the price is right currently, which is a, always a great plus point because that usually is what hangs us up. So that's with that, I am going to wrap up today's episode. Uh, thanks again for joining me. Uh, I really did miss um, my podcast with you all. And um, again, if you have any thoughts, concerns, um, questions, uh, suggestions, um, companies that you want me to profile or go over, I'm more than happy to consider all of that. Please, please send me uh, a message either on our website or any of our social media platforms. Uh, until next week, stay well, stay healthy. Cheers. Stocks for Docs is a podcast designed to educate healthcare professionals on building wealth through value investing. Take the first steps towards securing your future and listen weekly. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn as Stocks for Docs.